Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, and this is episode 166. I am actually hosting solo today because Prez is being a lazy piece of shit. Fuck Prez. But I have a very special guest uh, to replace him for the short term and maybe the long term if he doesn't know, if he doesn't pick up the slack. Uh, But you may know him. As the former host of Locked On Dicks, oh, Locked On Knicks, uh, he is better known as the Gobble Gobbler. His name is James Marcita. James, what's up? How you doing? Hanging in there, buddy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. First time, long time. <laughs> <laughs> my entire family uh, has a cold right now because my daughter's in daycare, and that's just what happens. Uh, I'm a father, in case people don't know. <laughs> nice flex, <Yeah>. dude. <laughs> <laughs> this shit works, son. Yeah, I got kids, you know. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> but I'm like, it's one of those ones that's like, I'm on week two and a half right now and still not yeah. all the way better. But I love you so much that, you know, unlike Prez, I'm not going to abandon you in your time of need. And I'm here. <laughs> I remember uh, in college, like my freshman year, I got I got really sick the first week back from winter break, of and course. and I was just like I was like oh, I should probably stay in and like not go out. Of course, just got fucking shit hammered yeah. like every single day that weekend, and that so like this cold just persisted for like three weeks because every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I would be like, well. I should yeah, probably you don't stay home when you're sick in college. No, you make it worse. You go out, and that's a like you just kind of drop some knowledge on if if you're still in college or about to go, like go back to school early, and then party <laughs> for like four days straight, and then yeah. just be sick yeah. as a dog when class starts. That's yes. the way you got to do it. There's no <clears throat> question about it. And uh, look, I guess uh, this is a good time as any to mention that the Strickland does have a Patreon. Uh, you can subscribe to it. There's many tiers. The $6 tier gets you access to this podcast right here, Pod Strickland, every Friday. It all gets it also gets you access to the Strickland mailbag that I drop every other week with Jeremy and Drew. In addition to that, you get access to the Strickland Discord where you can talk to me, you can talk to James, you can talk to many, many people who obsess about the Knicks all day long, and also other fun topics like The Sopranos, drugs, uh, Forrest Gump as a movie. <laughs> Uh, many, many topics. Channel now. Yes, Forrest Gump has its own channel. We have many channels. It's fun. It's great. Do that. Uh, but if not, also there's further there's further tiers. There's a nine dollar tier that gets you access to weekly articles by the wonderful Jack Hunley and Matthew Miranda. It also gets you access to my solo podcast where I yell even more about the Knicks sometimes by myself. Uh, but. There's even more. There's a $15 tier, a $30 tier, a $50 tier, and even a $100 tier. Those get you access to other benefits like merchandising discounts, 
as well as potentially sitting in on a podcast recording or even co-hosting a pod. But whether you choose to support us or not, financially, your support in terms of listenership and reading the website is much appreciated. None of this would be possible without you. And without further ado, let's get into uh, Forrest Gump. No, we're going to talk about the Knicks. We're not going to talk about Forrest Gump. Um, That's what maybe, you think. Yeah, we might talk about Forrest Gump, but we're going to save that for later. We're going to talk about the Knicks. Um, all right, I don't even know where to start because the Knicks played this game against Memphis yesterday. Did you watch the game? I mean, because I know you're a father, so... Because I'm a father, I get very little time to watch the games uh, these days, and I'll, I'll be providing very little insight over the course of this podcast, but I actually did see the uh, second half. Um, yeah, I, I didn't, like, to me, there were people, I, I was annoyed watching Kemba, Kemba is just, that's... Like- Can we talk about the... <laughs> the, 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 like, hitting the front rim from three, then getting the wide open midi that he airballed? Which that you, was like, how do you how do you airball? Because you're walking, he like he you're walking into the shot. You know what I mean? Like if anything, you should be too strong because you just shot a three and, and you came up short. It was a little short, and then yeah. you moved in like eight feet and you somehow <laughs> airballed it. That was incredible. Like that's that's almost. I would love to see for all you nerds out there if you can track down like what the percentage is on a shot after you just missed a shot and then like get it wide open right after because it happens like. <laughs> Once or twice a game to someone, right? And I feel like those always go in at a way higher clip than normal because you've had a practice shot. Like you don't get a practice shot in games normally. That like well, that was something. They were they're at least close. And the, the thing is, I actually went back. I I just I had to. I because I I tried to look for it today on Twitter and I couldn't find it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna clip this play and post <laughs> yeah. it on Twitter because it needs to be out there forever. Like it, it needs really to be, does. it needs it needs to be out there forever. It's such an absurd thing. I, I can't believe it. Um, it sounds so milk toast, like to hear myself describe it, but to see it and like to be there <laughs> in that moment, you really had to to like appreciate how pathetic it was. I yeah. mean, and, you know, shouts to Kemba. Uh, yeah. It, like <laughs> career wise, <laughs> not lately. I, I mean, respect thing, what he's done over the course of his career, but yeah. The thing is, too, like it really, it really hits home if you're a father. Um, it really if you have does. Kids. You want better for the people that you care about, you know. And so you see that it's just disappointing. Um, no, like I think, I think what what was actually crazy about this is this happened with ten thirty left in the third quarter. And the Knicks are down. Uh, they were down ten at that point, but Kemba stays in, and he was terrible. Like the plus minus yesterday, it was one of those like because you know with the starters, usually the plus minus tells the entire story this year, where it's like, oh, so the starters sucked ass, and the bench came in and tried to save the game, but they didn't get it quite done. Um, this year, like, or but yesterday it was not because Kemba ended up like a plus one. But I mean, anybody that watched that game would like he was awful, and I just he, he's he's not having any positive impact like that he's been scoreless for two games he has never done that at the professional level um and he hadn't gone scoreless in a game for like eight years or something like that which was i think his first or second year in the league and then like i mean honestly the last time kemba went two games in a row scoreless i i bet you he's never he never has at any level of basketball like uh, there's no way that's ever happened before i just think it is impossible it is crazy to watch him right now, and it's tough to, like... I, and can I here's... ask you something about that? Like, since yeah, I'm not yeah. going to bring too much value with my own insight, maybe I can ask some decent questions. Yeah, um, you, you know what? Why don't you just host the pod? 
<laughs> I'm trying to set you up for success, my son. Um, so, you know, on uh, Locked on Knicks the other day, uh, our good friend Mark Berman said that, you know, they're showcasing Kemba. Like, that's why he started. <laughs> and they're going to move him. And I, I don't – what what do you make of a statement like that? Like, do you think that – do you take him at his word? And if so, like, do you think it's a – just a huge mistake. Like, does this drive down his value? Is it, do you, I wonder like, cause you know, I'm, I'm a very annoying, like organization defender, especially in the discord. People who are in the discord will know that I'm always like, well, maybe it's not so bad. If you think about it this way, kind of shit. Um, and I wonder if like, it's, you know, could it be that it's not as much showcasing, but like, sure. Showcasing, but also like, they know that Kemba's an influential guy, and until they around the league with other players, and until they trade him, you know they're going to be like, "All right, fine, you can start," you know, and then they'll trade him, and like because they don't want like Jamal Crawford tweeting about how much the Knicks suck or whatever bullshit that happens when they bench Kemba. Because you saw that there was like a little bit of you know Crawford's washed or whatever, but I'm sure there's like some sort of sentiment out there. People like the guy; he smiles a lot, um, that kind of thing. Like, do, do you does that hold any water with you, or are you just like? No, I, it holds a lot of water with me, and I'll tell you why. Um, so, like, look, I have been team bench Kemba before. Before that he certainly was certainly deserves thing. it. He certainly deserves yeah. it. Yeah, I, I, I literally, I think I tweeted out after game ten or something. I was like, yeah, he's cooked. Like, bench this guy. He's done. Dude, in Discord, um, you were saying it after like game three, and I was cracking up. I was like, how's? <laughs> you were right. You weren't wrong. No, I he I just don't see it. And um, you know, the thing is, like. I do think like here. Here's where I actually have some sympathy with Tibbs and why I think it's a, a tricky thing to negotiate. He clearly did not want to play Kemba. He was done with Kemba. He'd seen what he needed to see and decided, you know what, I'm good. Like I, I don't need to see any more of this. I think he benched him after 18 or 19 games, maybe. Um, there were also reports that he like wasn't the one. Like he wasn't really on board with them bringing him in. I mean, he wasn't like him or me, but you know, it, it wasn't his guy either. Is what they said. Yeah, I would tend to. I believe that. I'll put. It, I'll leave it that way. Um, but uh, you know, I think like the, clearly it backfired, right? Look, Begley's reported constantly throughout the year that you know the Kemba benching did not go over well internally with some groups of the locker room or however the fuck you know how Begley word shit. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, like clearly it didn't go over well with everybody. Uh, the other thing we know is friend of the pod, Jonathan Macri. Uh, he has reported also that, uh, Evan Fournier was somebody who was, he didn't, he didn't really specify exactly what this meant, but he was vocal, I guess, or he disrupted people within the organization over this decision. Uh, mostly. And he didn't think Kemba should have been benched. Yeah, basically. And I think the other issue is that based on what he has said and what Begley has said, uh, is that, and I think this is absolutely fair, is that there were not even standards for everybody. And I think that's obviously related to Julius playing however the fuck he's been playing for 95% of the season. Um, Now, that being said, those things didn't go over well. Maybe he's obligated to start Kemba and play him a bit. Um, I I am okay with this, and I'll I'll accept this until the trade deadline. But whether Kemba gets traded or whether he stays, that cannot be the case anymore after the trade deadline. After the trade deadline, one way or another, Kemba cannot be playing basketball for the New York Knicks anymore. I don't care if they have to make up an injury. I don't care if it's another 
case where you just tell him, thanks, buddy, but you're sitting on the bench. Have a good smile over there and a Coke uh, and do whatever the fuck it is that you've been doing, which is basically nothing the entire season. Um, like, I don't I don't care what it is, but or if, if you can trade him, fine, trade him. I don't care. He cannot play. He is not giving you anything on the court. He doesn't provide. He doesn't provide you anything in the in the short term, in the immediate here and now, and he doesn't provide you anything in the long term. So there is absolutely zero value to playing him. Okay, um, you have better options there. I think quickly deserves to play over him. I think if you for some reason keep Burks past the deadline, which I don't think they're going to do, um, I think Burks actually does deserve to play over him, even though I don't like Point Burks. I think Deuce sure, McBride yeah. deserves to play over him for a number of reasons, but like. He cannot play. That's that's it. I don't care if I don't care if Rose has a setback in his in his fucking recovery and is out for the rest of the season. There is absolutely no reason for Kemba Walker to set foot on a basketball court for the New York Knicks uh, after the trade deadline. It does not matter. Um, the other part of it, and this is why I do think there's something obviously to the idea of showcasing him. Look, I don't know how showcasing works because sometimes I just think it's like you need to show other teams that the player is functionally alive. Um, and just like, well, yeah, look, here's my question: Is it, are, are they showcasing it for like the dumbest teams? Like, look, he's starting. Like, obviously, he can still get shit done. Or is it literally like you said, just to show that like he can put on a uniform every day and st- step foot on the court and run I around think, without his knees exploding? Like, actually, in front of your face. I mean, I think it's some of that. I also think like it's also look. Let's be real with Kemba Walker. Clearly, if Tibbs had benched, I'm trying to think like. If he had told fucking Alec Burks after three games or something, you know, you're out of the rotation, it would not have been a big story. Right. It wouldn't have been. It just wouldn't be. And that doesn't, it's not because Burks is a bad player. He's definitely better than Kemba at this point in their careers. Um, it has nothing to do with that. It's because he is Alec Burks. And Kemba Walker is Kemba Walker. Like, that's a name. That's a guy that. Look, when they signed him, they made a big fucking deal about it. Let's they can't hide from that. They made a big fucking deal about signing Kemba Walker. You know, he was front and center of a lot of their, you know, advertising pushing before the season for merchandise, for ticket sales, all that stuff. You know, like they made a big deal about the unveiling of his signing, right? Like that press conference they had with him and Fournier. Yeah. They made a big deal about and it. Fat Joe. Was there. Yeah, Fat Joe was there. <laughs> look. Yeah, Fatcho is there. And uh, the, the, the other thing is, look, Leon Rose has not been, obviously, you know, just ask Mark Berman about it. He has not been available to the press very much, but he was fucking sitting there front and center at that press conference. So clearly they made a big deal about it. Um, but, you know, like... Do you think that Kemba would have, like... I almost feel like he's the kind of guy where if they didn't make a big deal about it, he would have been, like, annoyed. Like, I'm coming home. I'm Kemba Walker. How come you didn't have fat? Yeah, I, I, look, I've said this, I've said this, I said this a few months ago, like, I do think that he is, I don't think he's a bad guy. Like, this is, so this, people always do this, well, he's a great guy, everybody loves him. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that, like, I can love you outside of work, and at work, I can think you're a fucking asshole and not really like you. This well, happens also, all I the mean, time. Look, I don't know the guy at all, but like smiling a lot doesn't mean shit. Like anyone can smile. That doesn't mean like you're a good guy. Like yeah, Isaiah Thomas is one of the most famous smiley guys of all time, and he's notoriously a monster. Great person. guy, great person. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, you know, no, the, the other the other part going just going back to the Kemba Walker. Why is he still playing? Bit like his, yeah. his agent is Jeff Schwartz. Jeff Schwartz is. Big time agent. He's got a lot of clients around the NBA. If you look at his list, like the Knicks have done business with a lot of his clients over the years. Uh, Tyson Chandler, 
is one, um, but you can go down. Like he's got, you know, Tyler Hero, Kevin Love, CJ McCollum, Chris Middleton. He's got a bunch of guys. Nikola Jokic, okay? Nikola Jokic. Those are some top-tier guys, MVP guys. Look, Nikola Jokic is going to be a free agent in two years. All I'm saying is we're definitely getting him. No, I'm not saying (laughs) Well, you're you're touching on something that's like really lit my – Homer Flames. Uh, I, I don't know how I'm phrasing this. Like, can you <laughs> one of my favorite like Homer arguments is because I trust the front office. I'm just like, this is some front <laughs> office shit. It's some shit we don't understand, but it's gonna lead to us. Yeah, no, I just, I now. just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Something to that. Yeah. There is. No, something it matters. To that. It matters. Like, we can't. We can't. Bit like basketball is a sport, and it's a competitive sport, and we all want the Knicks to win. But like, it's also a business. Like, there's a business in that sport, and to to do business, you have to treat people with some modicum of respect. Yeah. And and maybe benching Kemba, like let's be honest, that the way it happened, how it unfolded, uh, it probably did not sit well with Kemba Walker. It definitely didn't sit well with Kemba Walker. Probably didn't no. sit well with his agent. It clearly didn't sit well with everybody in the locker room. So once you go back to him and he has that player of the week thing, you know, he has four awesome games because he sat out for a month, his knee his knees feel fresh and and great. Uh he had a great he had a great week, you know, like, and after that point, it's kind of hard to just sit him again. And yeah. so I think Tibbs is stuck in this weird place right now where if you gave him truth serum, I think he'd tell you, I don't fucking want to play this guy at all. Uh, but he probably has to for the time being because he experienced what happened the last time he pulled him out of the rotation. And for the people that are like, well, he can bring him off the bench. He shouldn't be playing any minutes. He shouldn't be playing any minutes. So it doesn't yeah. matter to me if he comes off the bench or starts at that point. Just don't play him, but you kind of have to right now. And I think that's the same thing. Like, like this probably applies. The showcasing idea probably applies more to a guy like Noel, who has not been good this year, uh, and can't, his need just cannot seem to stay uh, 100% for longer than a game or two at max. Um, but, like, like I was annoyed watching his minutes last night, but you kind of have to play him a certain amount of minutes right now just for the chance that a team catches them on the right night, and they're like, you know what? Maybe we need to get this guy, and we give him a couple of seconds. Whatever it is. You know, like, you kind of have to play some of these guys a little bit. Um, Even, like, Julius Randle, like, yeah, I would love if Tibbs just, like, pulled him every time he did something stupid. But, like, you have to keep all your doors open, right? Like, so even if Tibbs knows that Julius is playing, like, a gigantic fucking asshole this year, which I'm sure he's aware of, you know? Like, I think he's... Passive aggressively hinted at it a bunch of times in press conferences, um, but like he can't not play him a certain like he has to play him at least thirty three minutes a night, right? Like minimum that's he's he's got to play. And so like to me, I have you can't some bench him either. I'm sorry, like you can't. He's signed to be the top guy on the team. Like those guys don't they don't go to the bench unless they're like coming back from injury maybe or something. Like not in year happen. one, not in year one. Like, it had no, no way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could talk about when they pull him or whatever, right? I'm more sympathetic to that. But, like, he's not going to not – he's not going to not start. You can only do that to Carmelo, right? Like <laughs> – I would Right? That- <laughs> I would have given him the match just to sit him on the bench the whole time. <laughs> to teach him a lesson. You need to be humbled, Melo. Um, yeah, you can be the world's first digital athlete, whatever that means. But you're riding the pine. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that digital athlete thing, um, but but no, like the Julius thing. It's like it's like I've bitched about it. Everybody has bitched about it. But like you can only hold him so accountable because at some point, like the and and I think 
you know, this has been touched on by, uh, I think, Ronnie in Hell's Kitchen in our Discord has mentioned it. A lot of people have mentioned this. But, like, Shouts. that's that's something where you need somebody on your team, like a player on your team, to hold him accountable. Like, yeah. like that cannot come from a coach. A coach cannot hold – there's only – like, not everybody is Tim Duncan, okay? I'm sorry. Like, like you know, like, Julius Randle is for sure not Tim Duncan. Or Steph Curry, or one of these guys who like can handle their coach like berating them and you know holding like that's just not realistic. Um, I think like that's something where you know maybe in a year R.J. Barrett feels more comfortable with his standing in the league, and when Julius is on his bullshit, he can be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, and that can be a real thing, and you know, like that's but that's delicate. So I. I I, I I don't think Tibbs has done a particularly inspiring job this season in a lot of ways, um, but like just purely and I, rotations are different than minutes, but like purely in terms mm-hmm. of X, Y, and Z players have to play certain amounts of time. I do have sympathy for him in that sense. Like he can't bench Randall, he cannot bench uh, Kemba apparently, and he really can't bench Noel either because like. All of these guys, to a certain extent, are players who you need to play well and or you need to showcase before the deadline so that at the bare minimum, you're giving yourself a chance that you can move them in some kind of trade, be that to just dump them for assets or package them together for a better player or something. You have to give yourself the chance. So like, I I mean, Fournier too, even when he was obviously playing like shit earlier in the year, I know he's on fire. And and it has worked out well. So, you know, that to to Tibbs's credit has worked out well. And like Fournier has been, what I think he's shooting like something like 45, seven percent or something since the start i saw of it was yeah he's, he has the highest field goal or the highest three-point percentage of anyone who's taken 100 or more three-pointers since the yeah the beginning of january at least like as of the other day yeah and uh a friend of the pod frenemy of the pod uh tyrese maybe he brought this up on twitter um he, he tweeted about this um rare good point by tyrese uh <laughs> but he mentioned he mentioned how um you know this is a very different role for fournier because He's ostensibly the third option, very clearly. Um, between you know whether it's Julius and RJ or when RJ was out, and it was Julius and Kemba. But he's basically the third option, and he's getting third and fourth option type of shots, which is way more dedicated to just off ball action uh, yeah. than what he's used to. Like he was in Orlando for I think five or six years. He got you get used to a certain lifestyle. You know, you get used to being that one or two option. It doesn't matter if that team was mediocre. You got used to it. That's how you played, right? So I think even though he has that skill set of like, I can be a pretty dynamic off-ball third option type of dude, it takes time to recalibrate how to play that way. And I think he's done that now. And like, would I not trade him because of that? No, he's like, no. There's, let me tell you this. There's not a single player in the Knicks I would not trade now that Frank is gone. Um, but <laughs> no, there's, there, in, in the right scenario, anybody in this sure. team is on the table, right? Like anybody on this team is available, but like realistically Fournier, I don't, I don't watch him. I I don't look at him and I'm like, I got to get him out of here. You know, I don't think that. And, um, if you can trade him for value, I'll say this, if you can trade him for better value than you can get for Burks, I would much rather trade him than Burks. Not because I think he's a worse player or a bad player, but I think I would rather have Burks because I don't think, I feel like Fournier views himself very much as a starter. Like he's a starter. 
That's it. Yeah. Like, there's no. Yeah. That's it. I'm a starter. And he um, should. I mean, he's good enough to start somewhere. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. And if he's, he's started like a, for a while. He started for a while. Top Burks for the league, two guard, but you know, he's a starter. Yeah, but Burks. Burks is a guy who, like, if you trade Fournier, and you're like. You tell Burks like, yeah, actually, no. Grimes is going to start. Yeah, he'll slide like, Grimes in there. Yep. Yeah, he'll be like, okay, like, cool. Don't care. Like, I'm fine doing coming off the bench and doing my weirdo like ninety. Burks is a great bench. bench guy. He's a great bench guy. Like every once in a while, he'll win your game. Yeah, he'll disappear for a little bit because he's not a starter. But like, he'll come in and give you a great game sometimes. And like, he'll have a, a quarter that should single handedly win you a playoff game against the Hawks. But Julius Randle's a bum. Like these kind of things happen so he's great to have around yeah and i, I think like like yesterday that and here's here's the thing like did tibbs do some things yesterday that i thought were stupid and a bit confounding absolutely i thought i thought he coached really well in the first half and i thought his second half coaching was like i just thought the kemba and noel stuff was really weird um i thought he left them in for way too long of stretches kemba did not need to play the first 10 minutes of the second half for sure yeah. uh and noel like i know mitch i i'm pretty sure mitch is on some kind of minutes limit but like I did not need 10 minutes of Nerlens Noel in the middle of the second half. I just did not need that. And I don't think the Knicks needed it. Um, I definitely don't think the Knicks needed it. But, like, but I, I thought, you know, the first half, like, he pulled Kemba six minutes in, and that was it for the entire half. He pulled Burks when he was playing like an asshole. He pulled him immediately. He was like, all right, you're done. I think he got six or seven minutes the first half, and that was it. He played IQ the entire first half, even though he wasn't making shots, because he's watching the game, and he's like, okay, so IQ's playing defense, He's keeping the ball moving. Like he's, I believe the shot's going to come around, even though it's not falling right now. Whatever. Like he, I thought he just did the things that I would want him to do if the vets weren't here. You know, like and so like what that game actually did for me personally is it gave me confidence that if the if the front office does go out and they are able to move off Kemba and Burks, like I really do think even when Rose comes back that. Tibbs will be fine. Like, yeah, we'll we'll be annoyed that he still does his five man hockey subs probably, and that you know uh, he's playing Rose twenty seven minutes and IQ twenty one. Like, we'll get annoyed about all these small things. But I don't think Tibbs is going to view a team like that and be annoyed. Like, I don't think he's going to have some huge problem slotting in Cam Reddish for Alec Burks's minutes. You know, like I just don't see that happening. I think he'll be fine, um, and I think that he'll be fine playing IQ more when he needs to. Like, you just got to take away the security blankets from him. You know, like, he has, like, you can't give Tibbs three security blankets. You can give him one. Give him Rose. He has Rose, right? Like, he's got Rose. So he's got his security blanket. He doesn't, and he's got Taj, whatever he, that he needs that, like, for, for the for the random two minute stretch at the end of the first half where he's like, No, nah, I gotta get Taj in here. Taj. Yo, I love Taj. Taj is good. Yeah. Like I, I mean he's Taj. not that good, but he's he's all right. You know. He, does, he makes he makes a couple winning plays when he's in there. Like he's definitely extremely limited, but he's savvy. He's got that savvy. He's he's the exact kind of depth vet you want. Like if he doesn't play, he doesn't give a shit. If he yeah. plays, he will give you everything he has. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Like that's all you can ask of him. Um and I still think like the reason he's been really bad of late is because we had to rely on him way too much earlier this season because mm-hmm. Mitch was fat and missing some time and Noel was constantly hurt. Um, so Todd had to play. I was way just too looking much. at Mitch's minutes and you're right. Like I don't. He hasn't really played more than thirty. He's played like thirty-one here. Yeah, and there. yeah. 
the most he's played the whole season was his first game of the season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's and that was like the most Tibbs thing ever. He played 34 minutes, but that was the the uh, overtime over. Game. And that was and that was also because Taj and Noel were out for that game. So like, uh, okay, yeah, yeah and then so I think. Yeah, I think Sims played some minutes, and we actually got the holy grail of our Randall and Obi minutes together. Um, but yeah, like Mitch is definitely on a minute. So I just, I, I, I just think that I would like to see. This is my take, and you can tell me what you think and expand on it if you want. My take is, I have not, I have not enjoyed how Tibbs has coached so far this year, and in a lot of ways, I think he's coached like a fucking dickhead. Mm-hmm. But I also would like to see Tibbs get the chance to coach a team without a Kemba, without a Burks, with Reddish. Like I would like to see how he works those minutes and rotations and how that team plays. Because I feel like, I don't know who talked about it. It might have been Randall or something, but he mentioned during the Sacramento game how they are trying to play faster now. Like they've, and at least in the last two or three games, that has been true. So, mm-hmm. like, I just wonder if there's some, like, changing of gears going on where they're, like, getting ready to have a, a, a rotation with more young guys that should be playing faster and would benefit from that. So, um, I don't know. So, that that's just my broad thought. I think Tibbs could do it. I think it would be fine, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, like, speak to every little thing he's done. The dude's not perfect, obviously. He makes mistakes. Um but I think it's clear. Why don't you today think a that... little bit about how much you love him and think he's perfect all the time? <laughs> That's only when I'm harassing people in Discord. <laughs> when I'm when I'm speaking to a larger audience, I have to pretend that I'm actually nuanced. Um, he's, you know, to me, it, it's obvious that he's hamstrung by some front office stuff with, with their their best players, or you know, their most like high profile players have been dog shit. And as far as like Julius and you know Kemba mostly, and then Fournier earlier, and all three of those guys were guys that played very prominent roles from like a PR perspective. And that's always a difficult thing to navigate. So I am really looking forward to post-deadline where all the reporting seems to indicate that the Knicks front office wants to go young and move some vets. No, actually that's wrong. That's wrong because they said said that they're not going to give away Burks. So clearly that means, (laughs) you know what that means, right? They're not just going to give him away. So... That means he's staying for sure. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like you can't guarantee anything. Like maybe no one's going to give them a package that makes sense for even the most obvious bet that you want to move. And then if that's the case, are you going to like be mad that they didn't trade Kemba because someone was also like, you've got to take back Westbrook or whatever. Like that was the only thing, you know, I I know that wouldn't be the deal, but like you you don't know what's going to be out there. I, so I, I fully expect them to move more toward youth. Um, I would be shocked if, Honestly, at this point, I think uh, Randall's gone, uh, not necessarily by the trade deadline, but in the offseason for sure. He just has the body language of someone who, you know, knows that, like, he's not wanted by the team anymore is my read on it. I don't have proof. That just seems like the most obvious answer. Um, But I think we're going to learn a lot about Dibs, uh, hopefully, after this, you know, uh, trade season. And hopefully they're able to make those moves that everyone says they want to do. And I'm really encouraged just by those reports because it, matches what I think most reasonable people who follow the team think should be done. Like the more winning players are the younger players who are blocked by these more high profile guys who are severely underperforming. So yeah, like I, I just, yeah, I would like to see that. And, um, you know, like I, I imagine th- here's the one thing too, is like, 
I would be a lot more. I would actually be more worried about it if they hadn't done the reddish trade. Like that would actually worry me. That's a huge tell, isn't it? That's what I think. Right? Like, would they do that if you know? Unless they know. My thing is like a more conspiracy level. Unless they know like some other team wants reddish, and they're like, "Oh, we can get him because we have that the yes or asset that this other team doesn't have." Because like you, you can't say they don't operate on that level watching them in the draft these past two years. No, they're insane. They're all over the place. They they magically turn two shitty or picks into two better ones. You know, like this is the kind of shit they're doing now. So I, I don't think that's like that crazy. No, I think it's very possible. Like, I actually think I've mentioned that. I think I might have mentioned that when okay. they tr- did the trade because, to me, like, I look at a trade like that and, like, yes, I one, I don't think it's purely on that level. Like, I don't think it's like, because if it was just on that level, I imagine that you would maybe wait before you pull the trigger on it a little bit or at least uh, have something lined up. But, yeah. but yeah, like, yeah. If you, but there was also a report that they were gonna like move him like that Monday, no matter what, or some weird shit. Did you see yeah. that? Did yeah, I imagine yeah, yeah. That? Or did someone like? No, no, that was a thing. Sport? That was a thing. Yeah, it so was. It was basically like because yeah. here's a th- like you complain about you know uh, Tibbs not doing stuff on the margins, and I'm kind of like, eh, who cares? Like this isn't their year to win a championship. But I hear those complaints, and like they're totally reasonable. I don't think you can argue the same about the front office. To me, they're like all over that shit, and they're like on every margin they can be, and they don't let anything slip through the cracks. At least it seems like. So far, so I wouldn't put that past them at all to be like, oh, that's weird. We don't want to move that quickly, but we know that he's highly regarded on the league, so we're going to grab him now for Knox and a first. When like, how many fucking young guys? We already they, they already have a bunch of great young talent that they can't play because of who's blocking them. So like, does this draft pick really matter that much? That's not going to be that high anyway, you know. So that to yeah. me is, is like a, almost a no brainer uh, on a lot of levels. Yeah. Well, speaking of a no brainer, uh, mm. the moment we have been waiting for since September is finally here, James, in honor of the big game, DraftKings <laughs> Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets. If your team wins, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Tw- must be 21 and plus. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook. For Do you really have to say that? I have to read this. Shut up. So for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources, void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In oh Tennessee, God. call or text the TN red line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. <laughs> All right. Now, back Hope. to the margins. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
<laughs> Back That's to the so origins. funny. Would they not give you money if you didn't read like the Hope and Why line? They'd be like, no, sorry. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Uh, but I read it, so they can't do anything. Um, no, like, I, so I think I think one that I I would assume would run through their mind, like, let's be real, right? They are obviously, and not just the Knicks. Every team keeps tabs on star players in the NBA at all times because what do you want in the NBA more than anything? You want stars. Um, so you look at a team like Utah, okay? Utah has Donovan Mitchell. Their season is not going so great currently. Um, he might not be happy. Him and Rudy Gobert are not best friends because nobody fucking likes Rudy Gobert. I hear from some of my sources that uh, Mitchell might be interested in New York if he ever decides he wants out of Utah. <laughs> I've also heard that. I'm a um, newsbreaker now. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> that's a subtweet at someone. I'm not even sure who. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 but um, they don't have any draft picks. They got like no first round picks to trade. So if they, if you knew, who would know that they had an internally high opinion of somebody like Cam Reddish? Might it be? Mm. Might it be somebody like Walt Perrin? Might it be right. somebody like Johnny Bryant? Maybe. Right. And maybe you are preparing a package for Donovan Mitchell in time. Or maybe you he can't maybe Cam Reddish fucking becomes the guy that everybody believes that he can become. Like it is not a bad bet either way, but yeah, I agree. I don't think it's purely just like uh it might not just be purely like about you believe in Cam Reddish, it might be like, yeah, we believe in Cam Reddish, but we know Utah really fucking believes in Cam Reddish. Yep. Um, and so, like, you know, I, I think, yeah, it's definitely operating on multiple levels in all likelihood. Um, and yeah, I, it's I, a smart I play around the margins. It doesn't hurt them at all. And it upgrades yeah. from Knox, someone who, like, actually has a chance to be an FBI player <laughs> at this point.